Welcome to Chats by Design Atlas, everybody. I'm your co-host, Jan Springsjord, alongside Megan Ludke, and this is the show where we are going to dive deep into design conversation, helping you become the best designer ever. Welcome to Design Chats. I'm Jens, and with me is... Megan. Yay. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about an event that happened a few weeks ago called Figma Schema. (laughs) Uh, It was the Figma Schema Conference. And basically, what it was was a single one-day event uh, where there were just a variety of speakers um, that had about an hour talk uh some were a bit shorter um but it was from a variety of industries so we're gonna kind of go through the ones that we uh thought were most important and had some really good uh points and kind of give summaries on them uh in case you don't have time to listen to i don't know six hours worth of uh (laughs) videos (laughs) um so this will hopefully be the summary of that for you and we hope you take something away from it Exactly. It's good. Just like Adobe Max, uh, there's all kinds of conferences happening lately. I don't know if you noticed, but it was like Figma Schema, Adobe Max, and uh, Webflow has their no-code conference soon, though I think I'm going to miss that one. I don't think I get to oh. attend, but um, <laughs> lots of design conferences happening uh, lately, yeah. which is really exciting. Definitely. And uh, and also, just a side note, if, if you know, like, to our listeners, if any of you guys know of any uh events coming up or online kind of conferences just send them our way and we'd be happy to if they fit in our schedules we'd be happy to join and uh maybe do a summary like we did for the figma schema event that we'll be Mm -hmm. doing today in today's design chat all right so let's get started uh the first session which was called um uh, it was kind of the kickoff uh, Mm -hmm. of the conference actually um and that was uh presented by Okay, geez. Uh, I'm not going to get the names right on this episode, so bear with <laughs> <Nope>. me. But, <laughs> but his name was Sho Kawamoto. Uh, Kuamoto. And uh, that's a really cool last name, actually. Moto, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the old mobile phone Moto. Anyway, Motorola <laughs> Moto. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so he's the director of product at Figma. And he just kind of kicked off the, the episode by talking about kind of the history of kind mm-hmm. of design and kind of where design systems were going. But also just like the Internet of things like how all of that got started and everything. The origins of just Figma, the product itself and and their values and where they, you know, how they evolved and became what they are today and and the problems that they're trying to solve with their tool, which was, I think, really awesome to sort of get a little bit more uh, info on what their intentions for this tool are and 
just kind of the history behind it and how it grew into what it is today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just thinking too, one thing that kind of stood out for me was how, what he was talking about with like free form and this like mm-hmm. structure and like yeah. Figma is actually, when you think about it in that co- kind of way, like it's mm-hmm. actually a really good tool for this kind of combination of both um, where you have like on the free form side, you have like all of your design type of tools where you can draw, where you can create shapes, where you can like just modify everything you want. But at the same time, you have like the whole design system structure, which you don't usually like no other tool has it, I think, as good as Figma. (laughs) So it's it's really cool how those like mesh together. But what I thought was interesting was how he was talking about uh, like while he was talking about freeform and the structure and how Figma is kind of in between in the middle of those both and merging, bridging them together uh, was also just like the Adobe dreamweaver was that what it was called back in the day because he talked about that right and how like he i'm not i can't i'm not sure but i kind of recall that he also said he worked on that program i think so i think he was a designer or somebody on that team as well or was maybe i don't know if it was directly that one it was like a small competitor that eventually like went out i don't really remember but um he he was kind of describing this process in which uh, web design sort of evolved over the years and how it has become what it is today, not just like um, the product of, of Figma itself, but like the process of web design used to be everybody was like designing in Photoshop, a website. Right. And then eventually Dreamweaver came about and people then would take their design, go from Photoshop into Dreamweaver. Yeah. And then it would even get sent though, to code. Even though yeah. Dreamweaver's goal was to mitigate or avoid people from using mm-hmm. Photoshop. And it was mm-hmm. interesting that he said that even with Dreamweaver, people would still feel more, most comfortable doing everything in Photoshop and then mm-hmm. going into Dreamweaver and then mm-hmm. coding and then coding because it was the concept the of the freeform design that they needed the flexibility to be able to make changes really quickly and uh, iterate upon their ideas in, in a very fast way and then move into this more uh, structured way of putting it in a way that could translate better to a coder who can then develop it and so if, if you hit, think of like the history of things right it's kind of like figma in its infancy because that like Photoshop was very much that like free form unstructured, like just do everything you want in there and update whatever you want really quickly, really easily. It was just Photoshop. And then on the other side, you had Dreamweaver, which was like that super structured, like putting everything from Photoshop into like a template or into a layout mm-hmm. that's like basically code based in Dreamweaver. I've actually never used Dreamweaver. Like I have <laughs> opened it my sister learned how to use dreamweaver and it was right around the same time that we were in a web design course and i was learning how to actually hand code and she was using dreamweaver to like build a website and i was like i have no idea how this works why are we using this (laughs) how about you just code it like it just it's three lines the good thing is it's like an expired program now and kind of sits on the Mm -hmm. shelf and uh, nobody uses it anymore but it's just interesting like the you know Mm -hmm. that we're in that age group where like we don't really even know how it no no one ever really like properly talked to us and what its goal was in the first place it was so so confused as to what this product was for (laughs) right so anyway that was very much you know back in the day it was very much like the structured portion of that process and then you would you know take it into code but 
Uh, but yeah, so that was just kind of interesting, like how he took the both of those tools, um, Photoshop and Dreamweaver, and then basically said the same things about them. But now we have Figma, which is kind of that combination of them bringing bridging them all together. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and they're trying to bridge that gap now between the design stage and the code stage to mm-hmm. help push it forward and yeah, yeah, create a lot of things. And then also he talked a little bit about like design systems in general Mm -hmm. and how like we're basically at this like infancy stage of design systems like (laughs) there isn't really a lot of like i mean it's so new still that i think a lot of companies i mean yeah a lot of companies have like adopted a lot of of value out of them and built them up very quickly but at the same time by building something up very quickly and only being so new, it's, you know, there's still and there's more no, to come. <laughs> there's <laughs> no, like, knowledge experts in the field. I mean, there right. is at this point, but, like, there isn't a lot of places you can go to look to yeah. get inspiration. And on, and it works so differently at everybody's company and the way that teams are structured and, and how they use their designs and stuff. And so everybody has to do it just differently and there's no one right way to do it and I thought that was one of the really interesting things about like the overall conference that I saw was that these really large companies like Lyft and Netflix and uh, Google are are talking about like the mistakes that they made in their design systems and how they're not perfect they don't even know (laughs) like it's continuously evolving and like some of them made really big mistakes and other ones made smaller ones and they have repercussions they're trying to work through all of these problems and solve them in a different way yeah, no, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I mean, right, because you, you think about I think he one of the examples that he used in his presentation was like the Internet and like how mm-hmm. how shopping online was like seen as so taboo, like, oh, you're never going to buy something on like a screen. Like what? That mm-hmm. seems so ridiculous. And then look at us now. We're like, that's literally the form of commerce. That's like the most around the world. So it's. It's just, I think it's that same kind of thing, like over the next 20 years, like where design systems will go is like super unpredictable. But at the same time, that inconsistency around like each of the companies doing it differently is kind of a sign that it's so, so new. Uh, And I think that will only improve because it's still such a new thing that we just haven't had enough time to like build a cohesiveness around the topic Mm -hmm. and not enough people know even just like general designers in their own like companies in other areas that are not a part of the design systems some of them just don't even know when and how and why to use the design system that was another huge topic i think that everybody kind of covered was how are we teaching our designers in our own company to use a design system and how are we making like teaching them what it is and why it's important in our, in our developers, not just our designers, but right. the developers yeah, yeah, too, exactly. everybody involved. Right. The developers um, so are really as important as the designers in the, de- in the design system because they're the ones implementing it in the code. <laughs> right. But, but I thought one thing, I, I'm not sure if it was this presentation, but, or just overall in the entire conference, but I just, I kind of felt like, there was a bit of a prediction going on in some of the people's like ideas of about design systems. Like everything will become like easier to code as well, because everything will be built upon components and different elements that have been created in Figma and the design system. So I'm curious to see, like, obviously we need to still clean up and figure out what's going on in Figma and design systems in general and, like, bring cohesiveness to it. But at the same time, 
there's that whole like building of websites and building of, of things that right now the developers are just translating the code from Figma and putting it into the website. But I'm thinking in the future, and this is just a prediction, but a, fu- a future thing might be where like you can just press a button and it just codes everything from Figma and boom, it's like in the website because there is so much you're doing in Figma already with the responsive uh, components mm-hmm. in Figma and just all of that. So yeah, I don't know. I just, for some reason, I, feel, I see that coming. I feel like the, <laughs> I, I do see that. I totally see that coming. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm a little upset with that. I can't quite go to uh, Webflow's no code conference because that I think is going to come up in the world of no code. I just think it's a really interesting space for designers and developers alike and figuring out how to sort of do those exact things. Because what if, you know, you have a design system, you have a designer create a an entire landing page or something like that and they use components and you press a button and all of a sudden it's now actually like a live site somebody approved it in the design stage and now it's a live site or something yeah, exactly. like that you know exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, no definitely the last question that i felt like kind of wasn't answered in his conference mm-hmm. kickoff presentation was like who's going to make everything better like it was kind of like mm-hmm questioning like who's who's driving this design system who's going to make design systems better um you know is it it's and and i think kind of his answer was like it's up to all of us to be building this cohesively together Mm -hmm. it's not just like relying on one company like figma to do it it's just Mm -hmm. like relying on all designers in general who use uh systems like this or who want to use systems like this and like come up with creative and new ways of implementing this and then hopefully one of those or a couple of those stick in the entire industry so we're not like you know learning a whole different system or everything is completely different in every situation where we mm-hmm. we kind of come into you know so that kind of ends then the first one so maybe mm-hmm. we should uh, move on to the second one and the second one was uh, probably one of my favorite ones. My favorite. I feel, I feel like every uh, video I watched after that, I kept comparing it back to this one. Yeah. I think. Um, it was in it. It's not necessarily. It was just like, um, I mean, maybe it's a combination of the way they presented it and yeah. how, like, what they were doing and and like their values behind like their system compared to everybody else's Mm -hmm. um i felt that there were a few of the other presentations and companies that could have maybe learned from uh this team and that's the netflix team and they uh introduced their uh design system which is called hawkins after the uh stranger things uh it's just a reference so they named their design system which is really cool um but they did a lot of other really just cool things i think with their design system and they let it kind of evolve and develop really naturally in their organization mm-hmm. and but just uh mm-hmm. on the name thing like obviously yeah. na- naming it i thought it was funny that they said actually in the presentation that they recommend giving your design system a name yeah. <laughs> because when you think about it like design systems are kind of like i don't know pets or people like like they grow older they grow they change they evolve and i mean of course it's not like a human (laughs) so it's not like we're gonna give it a human qualities Mm -hmm. per se but it it does change like humans it Mm -hmm. does get older it does evolve and i guess by giving it a name i guess it makes it feel a little bit more 
mm-hmm. uh, tangible, I guess. No, and I think uh, maybe also goes sort of hand in hand that like, yes, the design system is for like a product like Netflix, but the design system in and of itself is like its own product. Like you have to have, you have to have like a knowledge base, a source of truth of like what everything is. You have to be able to teach your designers how to use it and what it, like you have to be able to support your designers and like uh, troubleshoot issues that they're having with the design mm. system. It's like a whole product. You have to maintain it. Entire la- you have to maintain yeah, main- it. Like the maintenance long. on it, the the updating and the there's the work that goes into building a design system is like the work that goes into building like the actual product just maybe at a smaller scale within the like organization but um it's this thing in and of itself so why don't get like why don't you give it a name yeah yeah no and and that's kind of what stuck to me right like i've been Mm -hmm. I think the hard part now, I because I've been working with a few design systems in the agency I work in, and basically we, like, we're building them. Like each each of them are in different stages, which is kind of interesting too. So like one mm-hmm. is like super baby, like there's just a few things, and then the other one's like, well, I've been working on this for like a year and a half. There's definitely a lot more. So it's kind of interesting even to be working in multiple um, and trying to maintain and and kind of work in those. But I, if I the hard part is like giving them a name. Cause I'm like, well, what name are people going to like? What, like what's going to make sense? Like I, should I just mm-hmm. call it design system, but that's kind of boring, you know, like, you know, I should, mm-hmm. should maybe give it a name, but then it's like, what name? And yeah, that's always the hard part. But I did name mm-hmm. actually, I took their advice and I named one of the design systems that I'm working in now. And I called it the Ostra, uh, Ostra system, mm-hmm. like add Ostra. Um, like space, uh, yeah, space preference kind of thing. (laughs) I love it. So anyway, but that's total side note. Uh, but yeah, guys, name your, name your design systems if you haven't, because that was a, that was Mm -hmm. a fun tip. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing though, that I noticed in Netflix's presentation though, is that they've created their, like this, like plugin. Didn't Mm -hmm. you find this crazy? How they Moria? Moria, yeah, where they could have like all of these video. um, Oh my god! uh, um, Not messages. um, The what's the word? Like album box art. Yeah, the the, box art. I guess that's what they call call it. Box art, but it's basically just the images of like um, all of the shows that you see like on your feed. So what they could do is like search for a, a title like any film mm-hmm. basically ever literally made that anything that is art. in the netflix database yep. <laughs> yeah and then and then not only that you could search by country or region mm-hmm. and get it the title like if you were in korea you could get it in korean mm-hmm. or if you were in japan japanese or in mm-hmm. america english and and it was just like all of that just fell right into place in the design so all you had to do was like have all your components created like designed on that page and use their plugin and it would like plop in all that box art all the titles to that specific region and country and i guess they do it though because then they have to they have to check to make sure that the design like doesn't break if it's like in korean you know or something like that because obviously the, the characters and everything are completely different so yeah that was just very interesting to me to, like, no i that. thought that that plugin was literally just like the <laughs> coolest thing because they have this database of just assets and media for everything. And, and it obviously makes sense. But I think what a lot of people don't quite realize is that almost every single show, especially the big ones on Netflix, 
they have multiple different images, the vertical ones, the like the 16 by nine, like all of these different asset sets for every single show. And they are completely different because they are targeted directly to you. So for different types of people, if you're more into action, they're going to show you an image of the show or movie that's a little bit more into like action or something else. Like if, so they have all of these different assets that they have in their library. And so you can just like, when you're creating a new page or doing a new mockup of whatever you're doing in your design, they just use the plugin and it generates, it, they can randomly generate it from the database. Like you can set some parameters. Like it was literally just the coolest thing that I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was, yeah. And just to see, because that I guess is the, the goal of Figma and like, that we are all trying to aspire to achieve, but obviously we don't have the teams backing up, like maintaining, developing plugins, doing all that in the back end. But like, but it, it did go to show like the power of Figma, right? Because you can have that plugin, you can have those components created in Figma and then just like, like the responsiveness, the, the layout mm -hmm. changes, all of that just kind of comes together in that UI system and, Mm -hmm. It's just like magic at that point because yeah. you just any small changes just happen universally across everything. But the other thing, the other thing, too, is like, obviously, you know, you have to think about it in like universe, like universal design almost because it's so international of a tool and of a, of a product of Netflix as a product is such an, at an international scale that it does make sense that you do need something really powerful like that to really test and make sure that it's going to work. Uh, in all regions and all countries where Netflix is available. So yeah, it was just really interesting to see. Like, yeah, how no, I that. thought it was just so awesome. And yeah. uh, Moria is was initially like a, I mean, it's I guess it probably still is, uh, just like a web page database kind of a system that they had built for just I guess their designers and anybody really in the company. And they had to previously download all of the assets for just like one show. If you wanted to do one thing for like Stranger Things or Squid Game or whatever, you had to get all of their assets. And you have like 50 to 100 different assets in this zip file. And then you just dump it on your computer somewhere. And then you would upload it into your design where you needed it. And so when they created this plugin, it just changed the game. Like you no longer have to like uh, download files and store them in your folders anymore. Like from a process side it mm. is probably life-changing for everybody in the design Saves team so much time yeah, yeah. No, exactly and space right because you don't have to download <laughs> anything and all of that exactly so it's just readily available at all times um mm -hmm. so yeah that was pretty crazy yeah it was really cool another thing that i really liked about their presentation was just the the way that they kind of talked about um how organically everything grew and the way that their sort of teams are set up and the autonomy that each team and every person in their comp like designer in their company has. So they have the autonomy to choose whatever design product they want. Not everybody uses Figma. Not everybody uses, like some people use XD and like some teams were using different tools completely and they didn't um, switch to Figma until like really recently. They switched over to Figma as like their official tool because about 51% of the designers um, <laughs> were using it. So they finally made like the official switch to it. And um, they implemented Figma across the company in all of like 28 days, which sounds like a lot. <laughs> like really like 
quick to in terms of like a turnaround time for that um but it was just interesting to hear like how they let their designers sort of have autonomy and ownership over different aspects of the design system too so like there's a design system team in and of itself but then each of the different design teams in the company has their own piece in that design system that they are the owner of they're they're the ones managing and updating it because those are the things that they use every single day and so it's their responsibility to add things or make the decision to add something else and keep updating it and then the design systems team they manage everything kind of create some rules and some guidelines and the very basic bare bones of the design system but they're also there to like educate everybody and make sure that everything is maintained and they're documenting it all. And it's just like really fascinating to see just how they let everybody contribute to it. Yeah. And also how the hierarchy of the kind of their teams, uh, I guess are created around Figma almost like, like, like if you think about it, Figma has like created these like component library and design system elements and all of that. So basically they just restructure their entire company teams to be like, you just create those and then you direct the other designers on how to use it i mean it's like an orchestra like you play the instruments and i'm the conductor so it's that it's that same mentality where like you just have those kinds of things in in this in the system in this program and then it's just extension of that in the company itself too but one other thing that i thought uh was interesting too was they had these like reflection workshops do you remember a little bit about that so they were talking about like how the how they I guess every quarter bring all the designers together and they have these like reflection uh, uh, moments where they just talk about like what are they happy about in their work what are they unhappy about like what features do they want to work on what features do they not enjoy working on like and and it's a good way to kind of sync all designers granted I'm sure they have a lot more designers than like a handful so yeah. <laughs> it's also probably very important to do that so that everybody feels heard in such a big mm-hmm. company but uh but regardless like it was just really cool how they would then take that that feedback that they got from those reflection moments and then use that actually with like like sync up those those comments those feedback as actual like design tickets in like the the ticketing system that they use to like track all of the features and all of that stuff and so mm-hmm. yeah i just thought it was really it, cool and like, it became like their roadmap for that yeah quarter, exactly exactly which was just really cool to see and then everybody had like and everybody like was looking forward to these meetings and like to the point that they have designers who were, you know, out on leave for any like couple specific reasons. And they would have like their developer counterparts like go into this meeting and make their votes for them so that they could have a say because that was that important to them. Um, so I thought it was really cool that, you know, everybody is really on board with the way that they are doing it. And they're making, you know, their roadmap based off of what the other designers deem is important it's not what they deem is important it's what other designers deem is important in in an effort to make everything better for everybody and i guess you know you can do that when your tools basically used all over the world and you already have basically yeah. all of the bugs taken out so and then it's just how do we improve <laughs> yeah. this on what you would like you know to see kind of stuff mm-hmm, all the new new sure. ideas that come into play but but yeah it was really mm-hmm. cool just in general uh that like bringing everybody together uh even in such a big company i think it's still a bit unheard of Mm -hmm. that you take all the designers together like that and listen to them Mm -hmm. in that kind of way so that was cool 
sure. The next then, section. Yeah. Let's talk about that <laughs> section. Um, because <laughs> we, yeah. Once that, once the really amazing Netflix talk um, yeah. kind of finished. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> and we were really happy and excited. And I was like so excited to hear what the next one was. And then all of a sudden I kind of started to cringe because like the present the the it wasn't the substance per se that was kind of the issue in the rest of the in in the remaining speakers uh in the conference but it was the way in which the speakers kind of spoke <laughs> like like they, their presentation skills weren't as strong as like the first two um and that would have just been a bit of feedback that I guess Figma Schema probably noted for next time, hopefully. But it just wasn't as engaging. No, it, it really it wasn't. And there were some like the uh, lift um, their discussion. I think that some of the people on their team were far more engaging than others. And so it was an interesting dynamic to see those specific people because some talks only had one person some had like five and so you kind of would switch off between some of these people and uh although the content was like great in some of them and others not as much uh i just was like not nearly as engaged as i was in the netflix one i i like couldn't turn away in the netflix one i was trying to work on some stuff and i couldn't stop watching um whereas the other ones some of them I can't even remember some of the things that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, some of the, like, like the the third one, uh, so the one that followed, like, followed after the Netflix one, which was called Mastering the Art of Code Aligned UI Kits. That basically, kind of how I mentioned earlier in, like, the, the one that, the intro uh, uh, session that was kind of about the whole conference, how he was alluding to, like, how you know coding and using figma and basically making stuff for the web through figma um this talk about mastering the art of code aligned ui kits basically was that where they at product board um which is actually a tool that i use <laughs> um i didn't so even know what that product was that so was that kind was of, in, of yeah so that was quite interesting to me at least to see like how their design system works to build that product that i'm using on a day-to-day -day basis to manage all of our development tickets and and roadmaps and all of that stuff but but still like to the extent in which your team needs to be like like your team needs to be really large, I feel, to be able to spend the time to create components in Figma that connect to the code that you can actually just you like you can basically create the site through Figma. Uh, like it felt really complicated and it just also felt very unrelatable because I feel like most companies are not at that stage in a design system. But also, it was kind of like, I yeah, it was just so complicated. And it was very, un like, the basics weren't laid out in the beginning. So I just kind of got lost in everything that he was talking about from the very beginning. Because it just didn't, I didn't, didn't relate to, like, how we've built our design systems or how kind of, even where the future of design systems was going. Maybe what he was showing was so, so revolutionary and so new. But at the same time, it was so, like, unorganized in a way that I just got lost <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. from where I am. And the I, presentation am, in and of itself know? was just not yeah. super engaging. Like, he, he was just there to talk about it. <laughs> but, um, 
And it, same with like the one after that um, was, I believe, uh, Atlassian. And uh, we use Atlassian at, at my company. The dev team does. I don't personally use it a whole lot. Um, but um, Atlassian owns also Trello and we use Trello a lot. And so I was kind of interested in, in how they were kind of doing things, but the presentation or the present presenter was very, just not very engaging. And then um, what she, but I think like her content that she was talking about was kind of interesting and in that Atlassian got a lot of like hate on their design system and what they were doing. Like it was bad in the industry in a lot of ways and she addressed it. Um, and I thought it was kind of interesting how she, addressed what they did and why they thought they like it would work and then how it was not working and why literally everyone outside of even their organization was like this is a bad design system <laughs> and so then they had to kind of look at it and approach it in a different way and um how they're kind of going about doing that um and it was pretty interesting to see just how like their designers and their developers like don't talk sometimes and like their design system, they literally had like two separate pages for a designer using the design system and a developer using the design system. And sometimes they would update like a component or something and right. they would only update it on the design side and wouldn't update the developers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then all of a sudden these were saying two different things. They're yeah. two different sources of truth right. in that yep. uh, it just was like not working and together yeah. so i thought that was kind of interesting to hear um <laughs> but yeah no and then like the other ones i don't know they just didn't feel very relatable like one of them was about building custom figma plugins uh, i i can't code really a plugin in general so to me that just didn't really resonate or relate to me so um of course if you are a developer or um, or an engineer of some sort uh, in a larger company, maybe that would resonate with you. And then by all means, I mean, you have to also take this podcast as a grain of salt because we are coming from it from a very visual design perspective um, in that sense. So, you know, maybe some others would be really interesting if you are uh, a developer or an engineer of some sort. Yeah, and then um, there was also the the one that Lyft did. There's they had some really engaging like speakers in their kind of group. They had a large group, um, but I found that I was thinking more about just like um, product support processes yeah. and not necessarily like design in any kind of way. Like they really approached their design system in like this is kind of a product and they also seemed very like like they kind of held a hard grip on what the designers could and couldn't do in yeah, a lot yeah, of no, ways exactly. is kind of what i was feeling from it they whereas had, they uh, had like I found office thinking, hours and all of that yeah, too where like you could like had, learn and have sessions with like, like they have the like leaders. product support for yeah their um product which or their design system which is interesting. I mean, Fig or uh, Netflix created like their Fig Magic um, education system for their designers. It's a bunch of web pages with some videos and, and stuff, walking designers through how to learn everything and and like um, answering questions and stuff like that. So they have a similar system, but the way Lyft went about it was very like technical support, like <laughs> creating tickets and like solving these problems and like um, holding these office hours. And I was like, what designer would want to be on that team to like do those things and I don't know if they have more than just designers on that team but um it was really interesting 
And they were all, but they also talked about like that kind of wasn't really working for them and they were working on moving into sort of a different direction so that their designers could feel more like autonomy in what they were doing. But um, I felt like the whole time I was like, well, they could really learn something from Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But again, it, again, it shows that like infancy stage of design systems yeah. because like everybody's approaching it differently. Like one mm-hmm. company treats it as a product and as a kind of, as a system that you just give support mm-hmm. to, you know, like, oh, it's yeah. another system. It's just like a company. It's just like an internal company inside mm-hmm. of Lyft. You just basically help people help themselves by mm-hmm. giving them the answers when they need it. And that's the same thing when it comes to like a product or a business, right? And and then you think of like uh, Netflix and there they're just doing like a collaborative, mm-hmm. listening to people's voices and then like creating their whole t- like roadmap and timeline from it. Of- yeah. So one's really organic, one's really, really structured. And it's just really interesting to see like how they approach that and the pros Mm -hmm. and cons of each, right? So at that scale too. So the final one that we listened to uh, was, uh, or the final one of the night of the conference Mm -hmm. was called Material You and Figma. And it was by two, well, one designer advocate and one developer advocate from Google. And they basically... On the material design team. Yeah, on the material design team. Very important. (laughs) They Mm -hmm, talked about a plugin. They created this plugin that basically you could upload a photo. Uh, So there were a couple of instances, but we'll go through each of them. The first one was like color and you could like upload a photo and then it would just give you like um, all of the various color um, palettes kind of this, what do they call it? Tonality between the the tonal palettes um, that basically you can implement through Google UI. And, uh, and it, it was super like cool because they took into consideration accessibility as well. So that all of the color combinations or the kind of that, that percentage, you know, like when you go from really strong, like the, the hue of like purple, and then you get to like, there's like nine different versions and they all get lighter from each other. All of those were calculated to at least be accessible and and enough different from each other to be kind of contrasting between each. Um, And so that was really, really interesting to see that there's a plugin now in Figma that actually launched right after or shortly after the conference. So it's live now, but it wasn't live when I was watching this, unfortunately, so I couldn't download it at that point. But um, I will definitely have to download it and look at it now. I definitely want to download it. The time has elapsed uh, that it's available now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, so that was really cool. Just like the whole color aspects of things and color is so important and, uh, and that, so it almost made me want to just like start using Google UI for like all products that I build, (laughs) like as a designer, because I feel like all of the, the heavy, not, not like the heavy thinking, but like all of the, the thinking about maintaining design systems is then maintained because Google is kind of facilitating the maintenance of it, which then gives you that the energy to or the time to just like create what you need to create and like solve the problems, not think about the design system as a system and just building that out. Yeah, material design has so many really great resources and tools, and I don't know nearly enough about it. I um, we use a couple of different um, tools and and different things, and we use their icon library and stuff um, at my company. But um, I just I when I was watching this, I was just blown away. It like looked like magic. I was like, this is so cool. It was similar to Netflix's Moria plugin that I was just like. 
this is like actual magic, but no, <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. And then my mind just like went into all, like I spiraled into, oh, well, how can I use this even in outside of product design? Like, how can I use this plugin for just like some of my day-to-day tasks that I have to do for, you know, generating app store screenshots that are different, but yet similar and all of these other things. And I was like, well, how can I change some of my processes make my life a lot easier in a lot of different ways? And then by using this plugin, um, even outside of the context of like yeah. UI design. So yeah, exactly. Um, I've got some ideas rolling around my head. Yeah. I, can't wait to I mean, what I'm also thinking is maybe we should implement that for design Atlas. I know. That's what I'm thinking Wouldn't that be kind of cool <laughs> that we could at least practice together and like use it and like yes. really try to build up our design system for the mm-hmm. design atlas itself. And that's exactly and what really, I was thinking. We need to start really building have a design templates system. And have all these, like, mm-hmm. I mean, we did create templates for like season two and, and also design chats, mm-hmm. of course, but like have like a, an actual component as the album art, for example. Yeah. Right. And then just be able mm-hmm. to like update the text or the album art mm-hmm. and just like keep everything in the same location without modifying much because we did modify mm-hmm. a lot of a few things in like each of the album arts in season mm-hmm. two and maybe we could you know work on that and really create like an yeah. actual system where we just have like yeah various album art components that are just all syncing together mm-hmm. all the time yeah well exactly <laughs> i think that like uh the the whole conference had a lot of uh discussion and, and top around just like design systems for you know user experience design and product design and all of that but me as a a brand designer technically I was thinking about it in a lot of ways like how can I make my life so much easier in branding by using a design system of some kind it can't be the same but like how can I start using these different tools because they have so much flexibility and you can't do that in like Adobe Illustrator however I've finessed the system and created my own like sim like design system adjacent uh like file type like template that i use for um generating like new app store screenshots and i do have like three clicks i change a couple colors and i change an image or two nice. and then i have this entirely <laughs> new design um yeah. and i spent a lot of time working on that but it's not as flexible and no. feasible as what figma and figma plugins no. could do no. um so it's like how do i start implementing that in my day-to-day yeah no it's a really good uh, good question that's it'll be i'll have to be another design chat like how does mm-hmm. megan implement everything she learned in figma schema in her day-to-day <laughs> Yes. I think we all want to listen to that, don't we, guys? Let's listen to Megan. Uh, listen to me, just like ramble on all these different ideas, and I'm like. So you have you way? have about Can a I few days, Megan, to do all of this. Yeah. Well, I'm on vacation. Maybe yeah, I can okay, think about right. It, so. <laughs> That's true. Good use of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then they also had. Uh, I mean, they talked a little bit about in that material uh, design um, con- um, session also about like the theme builder in general and mm-hmm. like there was also some things you could do with like typography um and as well which um mm-hmm. i think the core of their presentation really was color but there were some elements of like yeah you can also change the type here and like they mm-hmm. they had a type scale which was actually quite interesting i've worked with some junior designers who are very like um talking like they don't know exactly how to build that scale like from mm-hmm. the first layer, uh, the the smallest type to the largest type and everything in yeah. between and how that calculation happens. But if you do use the Google design system, mm-hmm. you basically have that calculated for you. And that's mm-hmm. also one of those things that came out of that plugin or the material theme builder in general, because 
there they just calculate everything for you and you can just you know Mm -hmm. do it you know you just know everything from whatever they've already come up with obviously the substance of the entire event was really good um the key takeaway was that some were better than others of course and that we hope maybe in 2022 when they do if they do this event again when they do this event again that they maybe find a little bit more polished present presenters not presentations mm-hmm. because the presentations like like the actual the content like, was great content yeah. was great it was more about like the way in which the presentation uh mm-hmm. was delivered um and i, and I wonder if part of that was maybe because a lot of these presentations were like in a studio somewhere like they were all on like a set in this specific space like i wonder and there was i think one presentation that was yeah it was the google one yeah it was yeah there was one or two of them then um that were recorded at like home in your own environments which was you know maybe that's a little bit easier on people who've never really spoken about an event before and were are able to practice in in a way to do that but those who were live were definitely i think struggling i think with the pressure of i don't know being up in front of the camera people yeah. no <laughs> I, I agree um, but i but think yeah. too one of the things like with just the career that we're in like it's so important to have those like presentation skills and to really like uh you know talk and feel comfortable in regardless in which situation you're in like whether it's a meeting in front of people or a big presentation like figma schema like it doesn't matter it's it's still equally important and um and i think even like having or doing this podcast in in a like indirect way makes us more comfortable or even just more yeah like we just speak more eloquently as like a presentation because we we know that hundreds of people can listen like can listen to this online or more i mean thousands millions you know it's it's available to anybody so when you really think about it at that scale like you know we really you know it can get a bit intimidating but at the same time it's just like no nah, it's just me and megan having a chat and yeah exactly and it I doesn't feel, like... feel yeah it doesn't feel like we're constrained or nervous or anything like that when we right. talk well and in our industry we're not really an industry like we have to give presentations but i feel like we're it's such a like relaxed sort of a uh, industry that like you can be relatively chill in your presentation skill like have it make it a conversation between you and somebody else or or whatever to make have the most engaging content just make it engaging it doesn't have to be this like huge production in order to be good content you know right right no definitely definitely so anyway if anyone's a designer out there or starting the design career get better at your presentation skills too because you never know when they'll come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you ever need to practice uh you can join us on design chats yeah exactly right just let us know and we'll be happy to call you in on a yeah. google google chat or a zoom meeting or whatever so yeah cool well i guess that wrapped up kind of figma schema event if anyone's interested in listening to or watching those videos from figma schema um what we'll definitely do is first we can most likely include those video links in the show notes for you so you can watch them that way but another way of also getting access to those links is also by just creating an account on figma schema and just um seeing them there is that enough Yep, there's a big button at the top that says watch recording. Yes. (laughs) And the website's called schema.figma.com for anybody who is 
at their computer right now listening to our episode and wants to type that in. Chats by Design Atlas is hosted by me, Jens Springsjord, and Megan Ludke. This podcast was produced by Design Atlas Media. To learn more about the show, visit our website, designatlaspod.com, and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or even Twitter at designatlaspod. Those links and much more can be found in the show notes of this episode. And don't forget, give us a review on your podcasting streaming platform. We'd love to know what you think about our show. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you all in two weeks with a brand new episode. Thank you.